Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Illinois gets crushed. Very much so. Yikes. In very disappointing fashion. Season opener, Andy Olsen, 45-7. to Your biggest takeaway is what? My biggest takeaway is that I don't think the defense is where, personally, I was expecting it to be. I mean, you talk uh, no. about a backup QB coming in. And now, let's be real, Graham Mertz... Seems like the real deal, and maybe Jake Cohn is out of a job when he gets healthy. <laughs> he was really good tonight. But overall, you're talking about this defense. You're bringing back so many starters. I know the defensive line was kind of a question mark, and people thought that the secondary was going to be really good. But even Lovey Smith says after the game that he was a little bit surprised at how many broken coverages and how you know bad at times the uh, defensive uh, secondary was playing. So that's the biggest takeaway for me is that I expected the, the defense to put up more of a fight, especially against a quarterback who only had 10 pass attempts coming into this game in his career. Um, and it just it didn't happen tonight. 45-7, like you said. It kind of tells the story there. Marley, we had a biggest takeaway. Go. Um, mine was the disappointing Brandon Peters performance that we saw. Uh, I think going into this game, there was so much hype built up for this guy. You know, BP year two, and it just did not meet my expectations. I don't think it met Lovey Smith's expectations at all. He saw, he threw Isaiah Williams in there. Even Matt Robinson got a little bit of action. So um, he did not uh, perform to, I think, the standard that was expected heading into this game. Yeah, and I think people have reason to be disappointed, right? I mean, this is year five for Lovey Smith. This is supposed to be the expectation year where you take another step forward for the program. And let's be real here. This is the first game. A lot of things can still happen, right? I mean, they lost to you know, Eastern Michigan last year and still was able to bounce back. So it's still early in the season. I get it. But this is not a favorable first impression. When you have a season that's two months delayed and Lovey Smith's team comes out and all of them say, we are ready to take the next step. This isn't two years ago when they're still building. Now is the time, and the team has said that. That means that they should be better. And yes, Wisconsin is really good. I think the Badgers are going to have one of the best defenses in the country this year, as you can t well see you know, from how they played tonight. And you have to give Wisconsin credit for that. But it's also, I think, in my eyes, fair to say Illinois has to be better. The offense doesn't score a point. To me, that's that's the biggest takeaway I will remember from this game mm -hmm. is that the offense doesn't score a point. How is that even possible? Not even a field goal. I mean, what is Rod Smith, you know, thinking about? What are, what are these offensive players contemplating tonight, you know, when they don't score a point? And to me, it was not using all of their weapons. I mean, Joshi Matorbebe, probably the biggest receiving target for this season, had three receptions. Daniel Barker, two. Lovey Smith has talked about this tight end room being as deep as it's it's been in years. And they are. And they but they didn't show it. They didn't show it. Yeah. They didn't use any of their tight ends. Brian Hightower, I was expecting a little bit more from the Miami transfer. Didn't see much from him. Um, and Mike Epstein, <laughs> uh, not a great way to, to set the tone for the game initially with that fumble on the second offensive play of the game so not a great bounce back for him especially coming back from from injury right and I think that was so important there's all this momentum all this build up all of these emotions coming into this for Mike Epstein on his comeback story obviously for the whole team just to get this opportunity to play after that wasn't the case earlier this year and then it's all just kind of like a gut punch when you fumble on the second play of the game and then it, it you know it's like Oh, no, because Wisconsin's going to score because that's what good teams do. Mm -hmm. 
good programs take advantage of miscues like that. And obviously Wisconsin goes right down the field and is able to score. And I think for me, that just set the tone, obviously. But the momentum going for Graham Mertz, I mean, this is a redshirt freshman. Sure, a highly touted guy. And I, Andy, I, I would assume he was confident he was going to come in and play well. But when you're just handed that at the beginning of the game, there's no adversity almost <laughs> the entire rest of the way other than the Tariq Barnes fumble recovery. Yeah, and like you mentioned, we talk about setting the tone on the Illinois side. Uh, but like you mentioned, when you're just as a redshirt freshman coming into your first game as a starter, when you're handed a 30-yard a field and you're just like, all right, well, we only got to get three first downs yeah. at minimum to like go and score a touchdown. Like Then you get that first touchdown, and then the momentum just starts building and building. I mean, you can mm-hmm. tell that this was not going in the right direction from just the second play of the game. And on the Illinois side of the ball, you know, uh, we talked about Brandon Peters. I mean, he had a couple of short throws. Um, you know, Isaiah Williams gets to go out a there a couple of times. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> more than just the three or four plays that Illinois had expected to him to get going into this game. Matt Robinson comes out for the final couple of seconds in the game. Um, so it was a really, for to me, backwards day at the quarterback spot from what I think I was expecting to happen going in. Right, and you can tell they were a little bit frazzled. I don't know if you got that impression. I mean, maybe that was just shaking off the rust, shaking off the nerves a little bit, but I mean, from that first fumble there, it kind of, you know, I think they, they were a little bit rattled, and, and I think maybe they, they let that affect their momentum heading forward. I think the two things that are going to stand out to me other than the, the offense not scoring a point tonight was time of possession and fourth downs for Illinois. Illinois 0 for 3 on fourth downs tonight, which was just atrocious. I mean, that's a turnover in a sense. You know, it's not, it's not going to necessarily go down on paper as, as that, but like, that's a turnover. You're, you're giving the ball to the other team because you can't convert on fourth and one and fourth and two. You know, and I don't blame the calls on that either. I thought there was good calls to go for it on fourth down. It's just, you got to be able to convert. And when you don't, you're, I mean, you're just giving so much momentum to, a bear that already has it, and then you're just running uphill the rest of the way. The time of possession, though, I mean, this is incredible from Wisconsin. You've got to completely give it to them for what they're able to do. 43 minutes, 28 seconds possession compared to 16 minutes, 32 seconds for Illinois. I mean, you're, it's impossible to win a game unless you're just throwing 80-yard bombs the whole time, only having the ball for 16 minutes. And that just shows the ineptitude of the offense tonight, mm-hmm. which... I think we all said on our pregame show and conversations and everything else that maybe that was the biggest point of difference that Illinois needed to have this year was an improved offense to get to a point where they could manage the clock a little bit more, a better run game, and that didn't show tonight by and large, other than Brandon Peters, who is a runner, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) How many times did he go, I mean, at least pick up a first down on the ground? It had to be three, four, five different times. I mean... Some of them, I think, were yeah. designed. Well, he, I mean, not, he, he led the rushing the attack Yeah, tonight. Brandon Peters leads the team in rushing tonight with 75 yards. Uh, I'm sorry, and it's nothing against Brandon, but this team's not winning games if Brandon Peters is the leading rusher. Right. I mean, that they speaks have to so, how poor they have so the, many good weapons in the backfield. and Right. Mike they, Epstein, 36 yards. Chase Brown, 12. Did not use them. And Peters, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily bad that he runs for 75 yards, but if Brandon Peters is running for 75 yards, you're probably not in a good position with your running backs 
you know, an offensive line too. Like they they've got to be better in that sense. They were the highly touted unit. I mean, right, 125 or 26 yeah. combined starts coming into this game, and and I thought they got manhandled. Yeah, well, going against the Wisconsin defense, I mean, that's a tough tough challenge for anybody. But I feel like we we do need to credit Tariq Barnes here because he really embodied the next man up mentality because Jake Hansen went down um, early in the game with what looked not great. I mean, he came out of that pile stumbling. It was scary. Yeah, he, he was not walking in a straight line. His teammates kind of had to help him up. Um, so a scary situation. And Tariq Barnes comes in, plays lights out. I thought he had a great game. Um, one sack, seven solo tackles and of course the only touchdown of the game which came out of him you know punching the ball out recovering the fumble and then taking it all the way to the house so um i i i was impressed yeah i thought Tariq played really really well all things considered and he looks a heck of a lot different than he did last year you know he's he's putting a lot of work in the weight room his arms uh, you know an upper body definitely a big difference uh from there anything else andy you take away positive from tonight i mean there's not much here the things that I think you take away, you know, positively is what Lovey Smith kind of echoed in the press conference, which was that no, no matter what, this is only going to go down as one loss in the stat column. You know, you, you can go back and, and no matter how the rest of the season goes, I mean, you can go back and like, okay, Wisconsin, technically, I mean, it was only one loss. You lose by, I got to do the quick math here, 38 points. Um, and now you know what can happen you know when you go into games like that i don't know what was something was wrong in the preparation if they just didn't have enough tape on mertz going into this that they weren't prepared whatever it was throw it out try something new going into next week and i think that's the biggest thing that you can take away from this is that you had that big defeat already learn from it, it just you want to try to avoid that you know situation again you know what marley said that four-hour bus ride back is going to be a big <laughs> Uh, learning moment for a lot of those guys because I don't think anyone's going to be very happy in, in those buses. Yeah, it's going to be a quiet, quiet ride home. Yeah, and the coaches will say it's just one loss. That's fine. You know, whatever it is. It, Lovey's not wrong in that sense, but losses hit differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this was a 10-point or one-score game, I think Illinois has a completely different feeling coming home tonight. They, they you know, most people didn't think Illinois was going to win the game, but I think most people probably thought it would be somewhat competitive, you know. Right. And I don't think that's unfair to think that either, right? I mean, this is the season that they had said that they're, they are building for. So it's time to compete. It's time to be relevant. It's time to be in the conversation of hanging with a Wisconsin and it not being an upset. And I don't think that's unreasonable. And that's why I think it's pretty disappointing tonight for a lot of Illini fans and a lot of nation when you're sitting here going, man, this is the same old stuff we've been seeing forever, you know? And here we are and, and what's next. And what's next is Purdue. The Boilermakers play Iowa at home without Rondale Moore, without their head coach, Jeff, Jeff Brom, who has COVID. Uh, apparently, the Rondale Moore thing is not COVID. It's just a, an injury, and he says he's supposed to be back next week is the report I read today okay. from Mike Carmen. But Purdue comes into town next week. We'll see how they're able to play against the Hawkeyes on Saturday. Uh, but I think there's going to be a lot of people looking at this game against Purdue. You're at a similar timeline with the programs with Jeff Brom and Lovey Smith as a trajectory game, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you can't beat Purdue at home in year five, then, you know, you start looking down the line here. Granted it's, it's early, but there's only nine games. Mm-hmm. 
and there could be less quick. than that with COVID. So like this is a sprint here, you know, and I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I think if tonight had been a little bit more competitive, like you said, I feel like heading into Purdue, it would have been, okay, the Illini, they can take this one. This one will be a win. You know, the players, the coaches, the fans could have sat back and be like, all right, yeah, this one. But I don't know if there is much faith after what we saw tonight. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what kind of the, the thoughts and consensus around the Illini Nation is going into that game. Clearly, not everyone is, is feeling great tonight, but, you know, a week can change things. Uh, depends on how Purdue's going to do against Iowa. Um, and then I, I also wonder how this is going to change the trajectory of how people think Illinois is going to finish in the Big Ten West this year. A, a lot of people said four wins or something like that, mid-division. Uh, mid so I wonder if that's maybe going to change people's thoughts. Or, like Brett said, you know, I don't know if a lot of people were expecting Illinois to win this game. So I don't know if that changes people's opinions on what they Right, do. but you would just hope it would be competitive. Yes, right? Right. I mean, Wisconsin's a far better program than Illinois. But can you make it at least interesting in the fourth quarter? Which is what they did last year. And when you make things interesting in the fourth quarter, you have a chance to win games. And Illinois far too often in the last decade has not put itself in those kind of positions, which is why they are where they are. All right. It's been fun, I guess. Football's better better back. luck. Football's, football's back. back. <laughs> Man, we were excited today just to have some football. And it was good to see it. We had it in our studio on the nice screen. Oh, so nice. I will say I want to end on a positive note. The best note thing for me today was chatting with Bobby Roundtree. Oh, we had him on our yes. Facebook Live. He did great. He broke down the game for us a little bit, you know, awesome. giving us the awesome feelings hear... of the, the players and yeah. taking us onto the field behind the scenes kind of thing. Well, you know, what'd you take away from that? Yeah, I loved it because we, we, me and Andy were just kind of like listening to you talk to him in the background. I just love when he would say something like, I don't know, like Tariq Barnes gets a sack and he's like, oh, yeah, my boy Tariq. Or yeah, my, right. You know, it's, it's funny to see because I feel like that would be what what a player would say to another player on on the sideline. So it was kind of nice to get that like the insider perspective. Yeah, bit. it was fun. Just kept great. saying that they got to bring the juice. Got to get the, the juice. juice. <laughs> get the Man, going. dude, they didn't have any juice. They didn't have any juice today. Uh maybe Bobby can help them find the juice. Yeah, dude. The juice. They yeah. were juiceless after the Epstein fumble <laughs> on the second play of the game. The juice was loose, but loose. All right, we'll regroup. We'll do it again next week. For Marley Weirda and Andy Olson, I'm Brett Behrens. Thanks for joining in on the 3-in-1 Podcast.